Conscious Fears podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have more eclectic conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. I'm about to share with you the forecast for March 3rd to 9th, 2021. This is an audio version of something that was shared to YouTube. So you can go ahead and find me on YouTube. My channel is Sabrina Monarch as well, if you would like to see this in video version. And I bring it to the podcast for those of you that like to listen in this way. And this podcast is also where I share interviews. So this week, I'm going to keep the introduction pretty brief because I have some announcements in the forecast itself. I'm very excited about this Mercury-Jupiter conjunction in Aquarius that's coming up. And in the mood of something that I think manifested in my in my conscious experience that really connects with this transit, I wrote something that I shared to Instagram the other day, and it goes like this. Magic lesson. The last few days, I've consciously sought to solve the problem of reconciling two things together, two parts of my life that seem to be at odds with one another, like there's not enough space for both. This apparent impasse suggests the possibility of a breakthrough, a synthesis approaching. I am meditating on the union of these parts without needing to know what that looks like concretely. I am just imagining it the fullness and appreciation within that sensation, feeling it now. Without much effort in the coming days, weeks, months, this apparent problem will cease to be an issue. You can literally meditate on the solution or reconciliation to your problems in the abstract. Create an image of it. Surround it in light. Water it in your mind. Watch it form into reality as you walk alongside it, applying yourself to activate any lit up opportunities the vision ignites on the 3D path. Not only does this process create so much peace, but it's fun. It's fun to imagine an ideal future and feel it drop. Here's the astrology forecast for March 3rd to 9th, 2021. Hey, this is Sabrina Monarch bringing you the astrology forecast for March 3rd to March 9th, 2021. And I'm so excited to be back on video. I shared the forecast last week in written version, and you can pretty much rely on that every single week. And I do also um, aim to bring these forecasts to video to YouTube every single week. So we come down this week from a full moon in Virgo. And Pisces season continues to offer up magic and an expanded sense of the cosmos, especially this week with Mercury and Jupiter and Aquarius linking up and forming a conjunction, which brings together the logical faculty, Mercury, with the intuitive faculty, Jupiter. So it's like the light, the left and the right brain are coming together. Experientially, this can feel like having epiphanies and life-affirming ideas. If Jupiter is like a hot air balloon, which is an image used for it sometimes, however, and Mercury is the pen or the sword, it's also possible that we may have to consider the ways that we have a habit um, or a tendency to poke holes in things 
We might consider the ways that we use logic to tear down expansive ideas to pop the balloon with that mercurial sword. And whether this is truly keeping us down to earth in a practical way, or if we could grant ourselves more liberty in thinking big and believing in the visions that we hold close to heart, um, you know, having a reality check is one thing and working against ourselves with our minds is another. And one way to potentially tell the difference is if there's a part of your life where you feel like you are consistently working against yourself, such as if you have negative thoughts or you don't believe things are going to work out or you just really doubt yourself in a certain way that we we doubt ourselves often, I think, from a place of feeling like we're doing that to be secure, like making sure that we don't fuck up, we don't um you know, almost at like a genetic level of just like not belonging um, is so devastating. This sense of, well, I can't mess up. Um, I can't do wrong. It's kind of like a neurotic pattern. And there's definitely places in life where we want to overcome the inertia of that negative thinking or that negative programming to follow our dharma, follow our heart's desire, do the thing that we're here to do. And we need to have some positive thoughts, um, some faith in ourselves, some faith in the process to allow that to actually unfold. And it's one thing to have the faith. It's another thing to also have the thought forms and the logical structures that go along with that. So I probably talk about mindset every week, but mindset is really important to me because we're thinking thoughts all day, every day. And are these thoughts things that we have consciously allied ourselves with? I don't worry too much about the thoughts that go through my mind that, you know, are just there. Like we generate thoughts without, like we can't not think we're always thinking, right? But I do choose which thoughts I invest in, which thoughts I think on purpose, and which thoughts I choose to believe. And I think that that's really important for a moment like this with Mercury and Jupiter coming together. Personally, as someone who believes that the word is magic, I cannot understate the importance of resourcing ourselves and those around us with higher thought forms that create a felt sense of expansion, possibility, empowerment, awe, and peace. Mars also enters Gemini this week um, after Mars' stay in Taurus. This is another indicator this week for lively thinking, energized thinking. We have Mars and a Mercury-rolled sign. Or the way that a lively thought could create vitality in us. The reality is as well that Thoughts are like maps that engender particular experiences. If I walk into a social situation, for example, with socially anxious kinds of thoughts, I'm going to have a different experience than if I walk into that very same social situation, believing that I'm fascinating, alluring, and that I'm about to have some wonderful conversations and make new friends. Those are just thought forms, right? But they're going to create a different mood and a different actual lived reality. Once we learn that thoughts and words are magical and that they literally create experiences, you know, they are administered like a vitamin 
every day or administered like a poison every day, you know, whatever you choose. Once we learn that thoughts and words are magical and that they literally create experiences, we become responsible for noticing how we participate in the creation of our reality. What assumptions, thoughts, energetics did we bring into the scenario? This week with Pisces planets squaring the lunar nodes in Gemini and Sagittarius, which if you want to know more about what the nodes, the lunar nodes are and what it's like when they're squared, I have a video series on this channel about the squared nodes. And I do have a video about Gemini and Sagittarius nodes squared. Keep in mind, I'm talking about the individual natal chart and this week I'm talking about it for the collective. So if you watch the video, it's going to be talking about people. Whereas this week I'm talking about it as a general mood or kind of ambiance. But with Pisces planets squaring this lunar nodal axis, there may be opportunities this week to notice how our ideas, words, and perspectives are metaphorically attuning and adjusting the sails on our ship, uh, steering this ship that is our life, right? In according directions based on how we've calibrated the sails with our thoughts and perspectives. We would be wise to notice how we participate in that process as opposed to simply believing the direction, the apparent direction of the ship at face value without doing that kind of audit or inventory of like, well, what did I think? What's my perspective? What are my beliefs that led me to this point? Always when it comes to all things mystical, affirmations and speaking to the universe are helpful. I highly suggest doing so. A simple intention for alignment with the highest good to be connected with the people we need to meet, to experience ease and grace, are all spells and prayers that are efficacious. Perhaps you have your favorites. I pray to the angels and guides for support frequently, and I also create inner images or meditations that I focus on um, that I would like to become real. So it can become very personal, very nuanced. And I think we really learn about how to do manifestation and how to do visualization in the process of doing it. So there's many different kinds of teachings you can pick up on, but when it comes to just experientially, what's a thought form that creates a sense of good feeling in your body and a thought form that is really open-ended and expansive enough that you can, you know, and particular enough and related enough to your current experience that you can believe it, not just coming up with some big um, statement that's just like way out of range, but something that's an adjustment to where you currently are um, that opens up more doors and opens up more opportunities. If you like to do mirror work, like look in the mirror and say kind and loving things to yourself, that would be a place as well um, that can often be related to our thought forms around our physical appearance and who we believe ourselves to be, who we feel that we are. Anyway, before I get into this week's transits in more detail, I want to share a few announcements. One is that you can go and follow me on Instagram at Sabrina Monarch. I have a mailing list, which is the best way to stay in touch with me. You'll receive the forecast to your inbox in written form with the link to the YouTube one and um, that in it as well. 
And it's also the place where I announce when my courses come out and when my astrology readings um, open, my books open. I'm so excited to share that my evolutionary astrology intensive, the next dates for it have been announced. It will be happening again, May 10th to August 15th, 2021. This is a course, um, it's a several month long course that goes over the foundations of evolutionary astrology from a really depth, nuanced, and really embodied perspective. Like how do these archetypes actually show up in your life? How can you connect with them, form a relationship with them, and learn how to read these different layers and parts of astrology to be able to analyze charts from the evolutionary astrology perspective. Evolutionary astrology is a form of astrology that looks at the natal chart from the perspective of the soul's ongoing evolution. So this involves karma, dharma, reincarnation, what you've brought into this life, what are your patterns, um, what are some of the personality structures. I know that's like a very weird way to put it, but literally personality structures that would help create expansion in your life. Personality structures that are part of your dharma or help to balance out the intensity of focus that you've already developed in the past. Um, So of course, it's a deep dive um, into that and we unpack that quite a bit. I'm leaving a link for a podcast interview that I did on the Bad Astrologers podcast with Amelia Quint, where I talked about what evolutionary astrology was. And I just love this interview so much. And I feel like it's a really um, good opening into what this class is like, what evolutionary astrology is. And I'm also leaving the link to the course page itself. So you can check that out um, and you can enroll. Magic of the Spheres podcast. You may be listening on the podcast if you're not here on YouTube right now, but um, no new episodes this week, but I'll be back soon. I'm still collecting some, some interviews behind the scenes. And I want to say as well that I'm going to be opening my books fairly soon. I am in a move process, so I just have some moving pieces in my life to take care of. Um, But my books are currently closed. I will be opening them somewhat soon. And I also do mentorship and coaching. And if you'd like to inquire about that or you just know that you want to work with me in that way, you can email me at sabrina at monarchastrology.com. Okay, back to our week. On March 3rd, 2021, Venus in seven degrees of Pisces will sextile Uranus in seven degrees of Taurus at 6.18 a.m. Pacific. This transit could signify the potential to feel a surprising amount of emotional connection and depth in our relatedness with self and other. That comes from revelations in receptivity. I think of receptivity as an inner mystery. The process of learning how to become more receptive to that which we desire is a discovery. Sure, we can want something. We can want something so badly and we don't have it and we don't know why it's so hard to have it or so hard to experience it. And we're going after it and, you know, we want it, we lack it. That's not the same necessarily as receptivity. Receptivity is quite vulnerable in some sense, and it's also really opening to certain sensations, like opening to the sensation of emptiness and longing, opening to the willingness to receive. 
And that is something that I feel like is a very felt embodied process, not not necessarily as mental, though I do think certain thought forms might have more of a fertile or receptive kind of quality to them. Pursuing and going after something is different than allowing it in. Both processes make up the yin-yang duality. Along a process of manifestation, we both have to take inspired action, so move outward and prepare ourselves imaginally, energetically, and emotionally for that which we desire to land in our realities. So consider if you have... um, a balance with both parts of those things in your experience, the external kind of inspired action and the internal allowing and receptivity for that which you desire to actually land. When it comes to your desire, are you honest and in full ownership of those truths about yourself? Can you feel openness around it? Or is there still amount of contraction around the desire? What would help you relax and soften into your desire and receiving it? You know, if we want to talk about an example here, money is a good one where everyone has some kind of psychological process, some kind of psychological baggage even with money. And when it comes to desiring money, there's stories around that of like, well, bad people have a lot of money. Therefore, if I have money, I might become bad or I feel guilty. Like there's going to be some things that make us not actually that receptive to wealth. And figuring out what those blocks are and clearing them is part of the process of becoming receptive to wealth, right? Similar thing with romantic love, um, always wanting someone unavailable. It's like this abundant receptivity, you could say, towards the person who's unavailable and yet not actually feeling that receptive toward the person who is potentially available. And so at an energetic level, it's like not being receptive toward requited, fulfilled love, So we might want something, but we have to look within to see if we actually have the energetic structures inside of us to openly with open arms and an open heart receive that thing. And so that process is, um, is like an inner inventory. It's, it can be vulnerable, right? And it's also, moving through some of those knots and massaging them out psychically, emotionally. Mars enters Gemini that same day at 7.30 p.m. Pacific. Mars will stay in Gemini until April 23rd, 2021. Mars Mars transit through Gemini will see trines to Saturn and Jupiter in Aquarius, as well as a square to Neptune in Pisces, which we'll discuss those transits later as they occur, but I did keep them in mind while I was writing this. Mars and Gemini brings together strength and agility. I think of the acrobat or the aerialist as a image for the Mars and Gemini athlete. 
In a broader sense, Mars and Gemini can be an invitation to be clever and swift in our course of action. Gemini thinks quickly and is flexible enough to recognize immediate opportunities and to participate with them in that very moment of their arrival. During this transit, flexibility and agility when it comes to our own openness to go with the flow may relate directly to vitality and feeling energized. Let us consider, however, that um, going with the flow as a active rather than passive quality. Going with the flow need not mean sacrifice, not having needs or preferences, or not having desires or a direction. You know, just being a leaf in the wind. Going with the flow, unless that's your choice, you know, unless you want to go out for a walk and just be drawn intuitively and to just wander and you are open to having a leaf in the wind experience. But see how it's different when that's a choice than when one is just a leaf in the wind and they didn't exactly choose it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So going with the flow doesn't mean not taking on challenging obstacles either. Here, going with the flow with Mars and Gemini could mean being agile enough to adjust to immediate fluctuations in circumstance and fluctuations in internal inspiration so that we are having much more of a tactile, high contact experience of life. It's not a super linear trajectory of like, I'm just going to go straight to the thing unless if that's there, because that's kind of Mars's um, MO is just unobstructed freedom in a particular, you know, one single tracted direction, then if that's our our agenda, we're going to get to this place, then the things that come up that are distracting or kind of throw us off balance, we work with them and then get back on track, right? But it can also mean there is a time when if we're so insistent on getting to the place at the fastest, most efficient way, sometimes the the lack of willingness to entertain some of the little side distractions actually inhibits us even more. Like sometimes the path deviates or there's a fork in the road because it's a, a magical detour or because it's a shortcut even or because it's some part of the path. So I think Mars and Gemini can be a little bit uh, shape-shifty and going to all these different places along the path. And that could feel like a diffusion of energy, like this isn't very efficient. Or it could be hey, this is what the present moment is offering up and I went with it. And so at the end of the day, if you look back on the adventures that you had and like all these surprising, you know, hidden detours came up and I had these spontaneous, interesting experiences and they totally were synchronistic and connected to my life path, right? Because there was an openness to participate with the flow of life as opposed to being so single track minded that we shut out all of those opportunities, you may notice that you're playing this game when in a moment of the potential capacity to dig in your heels, you jump into a higher stream energy current of the current moment, making a choice that deviates from the preconceived plan, but is directly related to what is actually happening. In conversation, this manifests literally as wit. There's someone who's witty. This attitude brings an intense liveliness into one's environment. 
Another place that I think this really can show up is like when traveling and there's so much flux in a travel experience that being open to spontaneous adventures or deviations in the path might be part of what creates a flow experience while traveling instead of trying to carry forward a preconceived agenda. This could also be very highly relational, like being open to what conversation is happening in the room or what energetics are in the room as opposed to trying to like just stay on track. And so I think Gemini has this kind of alluring quickness of noticing the current opportunity and actually relating with it. March 4th, 2021, Mercury in 17 degrees of Aquarius will be conjunct Jupiter in 17 degrees of Aquarius at 7.27 p.m. Now that Mercury is direct, this is the final pass of the transit for this round. This conjunction formed January 11th, February 14th, and now again. All planets have cycles together, like the lunar cycle, which we have every 28 days. Due to Mercury retrograde, this transit marking the beginning of a synodic cycle between Mercury and Jupiter, so their cycle together, was elongated in time over the last couple of months. So Jupiter and Mercury have been dancing together, and this will be the third time and the the end of the beginning of their union. So we've gotten to experience this really cool transit now for the third time. Jupiter and Mercury have opposing or complementary functions where Mercury articulates the differences between things, defines, differentiates, and can point to holes in arguments and be quite logical. Jupiter looks for the bigger picture context and seeks to include and incorporate information. So Mercury might be a little bit more of the debate character and Jupiter is a little bit more of the Unitarian sermon where like everything is included or I could think of it too as like Jupiter can be very joyful, kind of like uplifting, like let's Let's create a positive energy together conversation. Uh, Mercury can be at a lower level, just like kind of like complaining and observations and kind of like annoying stuff. It could also be like witty banter um, or having like a. I think, you know, Jupiter can relate, of course, to to talking about bigger ideas. So debate that happens in Mercury is also kind of like a philosophical thing with Jupiter. But I do, when I think about Mercury and Jupiter as a difference, like in a conversation style kind of way, I think of Jupiter as like, let's get together and like create an uplifting energy. Let's celebrate um, as opposed to commenting on, you know, gossip or, um, whatever, which is not necessarily all that Mercury is, but I think like a lower expression. Mercury relates to the left brain and to to deductive reasoning, and Jupiter relates to the right brain and our intuitive faculty. As the two come together, some left and right brained activities can feel merged in our experience, such as seeing the whole system or the bigger picture in the smaller details. 
as we actively engage in life-enhancing practices and studies, like the pursuit of insight, personal development, the study of a symbolic system like astrology, research, etc., anything that's about expanding our sense of the world. There are many moments of revelry, discovery, and lightning happening at the moment. This moment with Jupiter and Mercury lined up in Aquarius, this electric sign. There is an excitement for all the new possibilities available to us at this new juncture. Yeah, there can be. You can tap into it. When we experience an upgrade in our perspective, the world is new again. Faith or lack thereof is often part of the conversation when we are considering our doubts and our anxieties. We can think of all the reasons why something won't work out for us, which is essentially poking holes in our faith. It is possible to utilize the mind and our logical faculties to build up our realities in a life-enhancing way, which means we take an honest look at the consequences of our thoughts. So what's the bigger picture when I think this kind of thought day in and day out? What does that actually turn into? And just kind of like a a non-linear way of approaching this, sometimes when I, you know, if I want to access like a liberating trajectory, I want to enjoy my life, I want to be on my purpose track or whatever it is, I can imagine myself in the future imagine the desired feeling and then build the steps to get there afterward. Even with like problem solving, simply imagine that the problem is solved. Imagine how it feels like, and then download the steps to get there. That's going to the bigger picture first. And I think that there's a certain sensitivity around that due to the conversation around spiritual bypassing. And a certain reticence if people don't practice that Jupiter muscle, um, not wanting to kind of go into lofty spaces, not wanting to entertain that kind of fantasy material. So thinking about like what it means to get into a heightened state of consciousness, a heightened state of peace, a meditative state, a visionary state, to really contact that and then to work backwards from there of like, how can I integrate this now logically, methodically into my life? And that's a lot different than being mired in small thinking or in the problem itself and trying to imagine a way out of the problem using the problems paradigm. It's like you actually jump other realms and go to a higher place where you're more resourced and then the work of weaving that and integrating that back here. I think that's kind of like a Jupiterian way to work with logic, um, that it serves some kind of bigger picture. This last week, I was brought to consider a comparison across different areas of my life where I assume and expect success versus where I imagine things will go wrong. Why does one area of my life have my full confidence and another have so much doubt? I realized that both of these arenas of my life were infused with my participation and obviously my place of confidence was yielding much greater and more obvious a harvest than my place of lack, perceived lack. 
I find it fruitful to discover a kind of logic and accompanying thought forms that create faith. At the same time that I visualize and choose faith energetically, like you can always tune into an emotional frequency. If you want to feel more love or feel more heart opening, you know, breathing into your heart space and thinking of the color green and thinking of love, like you can just go to an energy and find your way into it as an energetic. So faith is the same way. Like instead of worrying about the details about how things are going to work out, going to a place of trusting life and building that spiritual muscle. It's a resourceful place to go emotionally. It could be important with this transit to really see the bigger picture of how all of our various thought forms add up. If we need to shift direction because our thought forms are damaging and not helpful, how can you find your way into higher thought forms? What ideas have a positive electric charge to you that make you feel excited, refreshed, you know, and just for me, I really do think of good thoughts or exciting thoughts as a literal form of currency, similar to wealth, like resourcing myself with good thoughts, with empowering thoughts, with beautiful thoughts literally is like an energetic bank account. It creates a positive momentum and inertia in the psyche. And that creates, it's like investing in a reality that you want to exist. And then because you are so much more frequently attuned to beautiful or higher thoughts, you see opportunities in life to manifest those things. And you see opportunities to engage reality from that higher perspective, as opposed to being mired in smaller thinking. So it's really, it's really similar to wealth. I started to feel this way actually because of my early studies of manifestation, where the idea that this physical concrete reality is a physical manifestation of past thoughts and feelings. So if you tend toward higher states of emotional well-being that you manifest realities that reflect that. I realized that every time I chose, you know, a positive mental state or I found my way into it or I created pleasure and joy and expansion as an experience that it was adding up to a result over time similar to putting money in the bank and saving and having savings that comes from that. So people who choose higher thought forms consistently, and now, now not trying to talk about myself, I was writing about this in the abstract, though I definitely identify with the value of choosing higher thought forms. So excuse me, but people who choose higher thought forms are often alluring to others because they are uplifting, they see possibilities, and they are magnanimous. They are the wise ones and essentially the life of the party. Are there people in your life that represent this quality and are the people you seek? Oh, what did I write? Are there people in your life that represent this quality and are there people that you speak that you seek expansive advice from? 
sorry, that's from typos, notice as well that the more this quality is cultivated from within, the more we also create expansion in our lives and inspire that for others who would now seek our counsel. Um, you know, it's just a kind of having a positive perception or an expansive perception isn't just something that a person inherently has necessarily. It's the added up over time result of a habit mentally. So thinking about that, it's like you can tilt the ship, you can tilt the sails into this direction by choosing higher thought forms as often as possible. Someone who is trying to lucid dream, for example, may have a habit of looking at the back of their hand to create this habit throughout the day of am I waking, am I awake or am I sleeping? So by being noticed by being mindful of what we're thinking and asking the question, like, is there a more expansive way to look at this? Can I choose a more benevolent, more compassionate thought? Can I choose a more exciting thought? That habit is ego dismantling because we can no longer, you know, just keep identifying with thoughts that we, you know, have identified with for whatever reason. Um, and notice that, you know, we're choosing these thoughts every single moment. And is there another higher option? There's plenty of negative programming and conditioning from reality and from our personal and collective trauma. There's a lot of negative programming out there. A lot of trauma-based programming. Finding liberating perspective is often an ongoing practice, like eating healthy or taking vitamins or something like that. It doesn't just happen once. It's a lifestyle. And this... This conjunction, this start of a cycle between Mercury and Jupiter is such a great moment of momentum to have this intention to be on this path of aligning ourselves with liberating, freeing, energizing, vitalizing, empowering thoughts. And then on March 5th, 2021, the sun in 15 degrees of Pisces will square the lunar nodes we have the south node in Sagittarius and the north node in Gemini. And this happens at the sun square to the nodes happens at 9.29 a.m. Pacific. We may be at a juncture where conversations that generate wisdom are of importance. Conversations that are uplifting, where new possibilities emerge, where a beautiful fire is kindled in the encounter. I was reminded and was shown images and memories as I was writing this of times in my life that I felt desperate for someone to talk to who would understand me. I felt like when I shared my experiences with others, when I was in the throes of some kind of disillusioning event, it would often fall flat and people would give me advice or feedback that felt deadening to hear, like you'll calm down when you're older kind of thing. When it, the thing that I was going through at the moment was of like raging importance and was completely of the essence. It is possible when not reflected meaningfully by others to doubt oneself. And it is important to find people who share a language or a wavelength and can participate in co-creating meaning out of life and conversation. And 
not just someone who will collude with our story or someone who will collude with our sense of victimhood or disempowerment, um, but someone who can compassionately understand and offer a higher perspective. So those kinds of conversations where you just feel like you positively ascended somewhere from it or that you went you know, you feel like you're on a mountaintop or something. And that can happen in good conversation. And I think that Gemini has this kind of rapport kind of quality to it, the ability to um, play, you know, throw the ball back and forth, like, let's have a conversation, I can meet you, I can match you. And Gemini want, or Sagittarius wants to expand to create a larger perspective. Um I find that people, individuals who have their nodes in Gemini and Sagittarius squared natally are some of the most uplifting conversationalists that as a very casual way of interacting with them, you can talk about anything mundane, but they'll have a bigger kind of picture vision of it. And they'll deliver that information in a way that feels really tactful and digestible. It's pretty magical. If you want to learn more about the Gemini Sagittarius nodes when they're squared, you can check out my um, YouTube playlists and it's under the squared nodes series. Along the Gemini Sagittarius nodal axis, there is a lesson that when in the lack of knowing, quote, knowing uh, that we find in Sagittarius, so Sagittarius wants to know, right, and often does, but let's say we don't. It's often best to lean into curiosity and to ask questions when in doubt, <laughs> ask questions rather than posture as though, you know, sometimes knowing emerges because we've collected more information or we've invited others to find the answers themselves by asking them meaningful questions. Internally, this could also mean that instead of jumping to a conclusion that feels deadening in our hearts, like we have this story and it just sucks. <laughs> the story that we have. We can ask if there's another angle to look at our situation through, such as in prayer, meditation, and conversation with a person who we feel inspired by. If you want to learn more about the Gemini Sagittarius nodal axis when it's squared, I have a link or I have a video about it on my YouTube. The video uh, as I was saying, is about this in people's needle charts, but keeping in mind that we're in this moment in time for the collective that reflects this theme. On March 9th, we have another Pisces planet, Venus this time, square the nodes of the moon in Sagittarius and Gemini, all of them still 15 degrees, 15 degrees Pisces, south node and north node and 15 degrees of their signs at 9.08 a.m. Pacific. There may be an importance at this moment of checking in with our assumptions about other people that paint other people as static, predictable, or that we already know them. In our current ongoing friendships, partnerships, and relationships of all kinds, we might aim to keep a fresh and curious mind about others and to engage them as though we still are perpetually getting to know them. If our relationships with others have grown too theoretical, such as we engage people in our heads with our stories about them and our own stories about ourselves that, you know, and about reality that get in the way of true relating, this would be a good time to notice that. 
How might we shift into a greater embodiment of the experience of connection and relationship? What kinds of conversations create room to clear the air and cover new ground together? So it's not the same old status quo kind of conversation, but something that opens up a new door. And when I think of Venus squaring the nose as a particular moment, it's like the energy of Venus is seeking greater integration into our circumstances and our personalities. So thinking about how much room we are really creating in our in our words, in our beliefs at this moment in time for the experience of union, connection, pleasure, and joy of the earthly things. And with Venus and Pisces, definitely that all-encompassing, you know, love of all things, love of humanity, love of the animals, love of the plants, love of the earth, a very sweet, uh, expansive, indulgent Venus, definitely. And I don't mean indulgent in a bad way, too. I think it's um, wonderful to have that expansive and experience of love. And that energy is kind of like hanging in the balance right now, waiting to be further integrated into our lives. And the way that we can integrate it is through our words, thoughts, beliefs, conversations. So something that um, I've learned from podcasting and from interviewing people is that in this moment of having a microphone between us and having this intention, like we're having a recorded conversation and it's, you know, we, we want to kindle something together that the, that creative friction creates like these dynamically beautiful, rich conversations. And I think that sometimes conversation is maybe just seen as something that just happens, right? It just is in the room. It just is like happenstance, but having a little bit of an intention or a shared vision. So I've been thinking a lot about, um, for me, like I personally get annoyed if I'm in a group of people and everyone's complaining because I believe that words are magic. And while I want people to be able to have their experience and feel heard and to process stuff when it needs to be processed, sometimes complaining just feels like a lot of chatter. And I'm like, hey, we're all here together. There's good food. Like, can we just celebrate, please? Can we talk about what we're grateful for? Can we create a luxurious energy right now? And that that desire can seem quite annoying to someone like, oh, you're judging me. Like, why can't I just be who I am? And so over time, that kind of preference of mine has maybe led me to be attracted to more Jupiterian kinds of people or people who think positively or people who are interested in living their best life and that kind of thing. And so I've been thinking about what are some of the more tactful, more invitational kind of ways to invite a group of people to be like, hey, I know shit's fucked up in the world or in our lives right now or whatever, but can we take a moment to create an exalted energy and create something beautiful, right? Um, so still thinking on that one, but what I was thinking about in relationship with Venus square the nodes is how even though conversations are just happenstance and we don't normally plan conversations, except in the case, like I was saying about the podcast, where it's like, it's a time we're going to do this. We have a topic or we're going to just get together and see what emerges naturally. 
what what are some opportunities to create enough of a container or enough of a set and setting around our words and around our conversations with others to allow some kind of transformative, beautiful experience that's Venusian to emerge? So I'll leave it there. I got excited <laughs> thinking about that. And um, definitely, yeah, still thinking about how that applies. Um, it's an active meditation for me. Thank you for listening. Let me know what you think. I forgot to say at the beginning to please like this video and leave a comment. Um, maybe in the spirit of this kind of Jupiterian conversation to leave a comment about what is really exciting and alive to you right now, what's bringing you a sense of joy and knowing too that as you answer that question, uh, that it brings it to the surface and it also lets other people have beautiful things to meditate on as well. So I would love to hear what is giving you life right now. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. If you have been listening to this podcast for a while and you have something to say about it, I would love to read your review on Apple podcasts or iTunes. If you take a screenshot of your review before you click submit and email that screenshot to me at sabrina at monarchastrology.com, I will send you a resource library about creating and elevating your reality, containing several videos on the topic of just that, creating and elevating your reality. I have been resourcing myself with teachings about manifestation and about raising one's vibration and things of this nature alongside my study of astrology and personal development for over, I would say, seven or eight years now and living my life that way. So this is something that I love to talk about and I'm really increasingly talking about. And I would love to share this content with you, these videos, um, as a thank you for reviewing the podcast and helping the algorithm of this podcast reach more people so that more people can find out this podcast exists and tune into these ideas as well. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you soon.